I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I'm really pissed off at Audacity at the moment. I tried to the fifth element. My fifth hip hop, which is knowledge. Went to the show sitting on the front row in a black track suit and it shut down. Touched the road and shut down. Digging in digits. And it shut down. got to keep it because my intro was so great that we've got to keep we can't go back damn oh i'll trim that don't you oh, right, right. i said i said front woe for the for the people uh, that don't for the people that are wondering what we're talking about so yeah i said front woe because i don't know drake because charlie's a drake fan charlie charlie quite likes drake sometimes huh? we'll just be having a chat and he'll just say woes and i'll be like Oh, okay, right. Yeah, okay, I see what you did there. Alright, that was that was good. That was good. Okay. Alright, fine. Good yeah, alright, alright. Good shot. I'll give you credit. Fine. Alright. At least I'm on Desi. Hi Ben. How's your week been? What have you been to do this week? Uh this week. This week. So uh Psycho by Smoke Perp dropped an E P. This is actually what I was hoping for last year. I think he dropped his album or it might have been earlier this year, I can't remember. But um, I feel like he phones performances in a lot and he just gives these big mid-tier tracks. But at this six-track EP, straight to the point, doesn't allow him a chance to drop a mid-song. Uh, 13 minutes, basically, I mean, it's basically three songs. And each beat here really hits hard. I know it's six songs, but 13 minutes is, is nothing. You know, that's a small amount of time. And, and Smoke Perp finds some really enjoyable melodies and melodic pockets on here. The highlight I found was... Uh, we Outside with Lil Mosey, Tic Tac, great song as well. Um, yeah, man, I, I think the Smoke Perp stuff that goes on and people are not always big fans of Smoke Perp, I don't really understand that. I think he's very talented and he's definitely shown glimpses of realizing that talent. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come. JPEG Mafia, EP2, I found this a very interesting drop. I, I hadn't listened to uh, EP1. And I went back and listened to that, which was at, that one was kind of more what I expected from Peggy, like industrial electronica, really molded into hip hop beats, free form, felt like Rage Against Machine meets Fortet or, you know, Clams Casino. But this EP was much more melodic. And I feel like there's a lot of warm R&B numbers on here and some ambient electronic stretches. They never attempt to be grating and rough. You know, a lot of uh, JPEG Mafia stuff is quite grating and, and rough. I mean, it's, it's quite, it's not hard to listen to, but it certainly has that hard edge to it. You know, I think this is great, man. The drums on Fix Yourself, they, they reminded me of like a marching band. Uh, the vocals on this one's for us, really smooth. And it's really still anchored to his trademark sound, but it really draws it in and, and removes the expansive nature. You know, I, I forget what the statistic I came up with for one of his albums, but it was 99 different instrumentals or something like that in like 14 tracks. Like he just, you know, he bounces around, but this really felt like he brought that in and, and really tried to fully realize all the melodies that he was creating. And that's, for me, that's a new sound for, for JPEG Mafia. I haven't heard him really do that. And yeah, I thought it was great, man. Smooth JPEG Mafia is very, very good. And he's clearly one of the most diverse artists in the game right now. 
I listened to Max Cabacho's Nocturnes 3. Max Cabacho is an ambient artist and ambient music is really hard to find good quality stuff because the songs go on for like fucking 40, 50, 60 minutes and one little thing out of place can draw you out of whatever you're doing. So you might be meditating, you might be falling asleep to it, you might be driving along and really getting into a specific emotional space with it. And if there's one thing out of place, then it kind of ruins a whole experience. So sometimes you've got to listen to 30 minutes of a song before you realize, oh, fuck, man, this artist is not for me. Normally with other music, you can hear it straight away and you're like, nah, this, I'm not fucking with this. So it can be hard to find good ambient artists. So I just want to put people on Max Cabacho. If you want to listen to ambient music, if you meditate a lot, if you need something to calm down, if you want to listen to something while you're working or before you go to sleep, nothing he does is ever out of place. 10 years I've been listening to him. I've never heard something where I've been like, ugh. Wish he hadn't put that there. So great, great project. And finally, Tyron by Slow Tire. So it's not surprising to me that his favorite project of the 2010s was Die Lit by Playboy Cardi because I really feel like there's some heavy Cardi vibes on here. He really, he just switches his vocal tone up constantly, drops into different accents and inflections. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of the work that Cardi's doing with his own vocals, especially on... A whole lot of red. The beats here aren't quite as industrial as a whole lot of red, but they're they're kind of stepped in like bass and reverb and I think they stick out heavily as the highlighters project. Even if just from an aesthetic standpoint, you know, it's impressive that he's managed to create a project in this realm and keep it engaging and not too derivative. You know, he alongside some more accomplished rappers, I feel he does lack a little bit, like he falls behind a bit of it, you know, Skepta. Rocky, Denzel, they all had, I felt, better performances than him on their respective songs. But I think that's because it's really hard to pin Slow Tide down a lot of the time. You know, on Cancelled, he kind of sounds like an exasperated and exhausted Dizzy Rascal. But then on Mazza, he sounds like he's in Sleaford Mods, you know, at least on the chorus. And then Vex, he's pitched his vocals down and created a really cool dynamic uh focus he was way more rhythmic again probably a bit more like dizzy some people are saying that he is boy in the corner level dizzy you know but i don't understand that like, he's his own person and this project is really enjoyable i don't see why the comparison needs to be oh he's he's the next dizzy like yeah he sounds a bit like him but this project is way different to that and you know i i've I, th I really enjoyed this project a lot, man. I, I have never listened to Slow Tire before. I've probably heard him on a couple of, you know, guest spots and stuff like that. I don't really know what his signature sound is or his signature voice. But um, this was great, man. This is a really good project. Is it, is it a double album? I don't know. It said that on my Spotify. So there was maybe there's two acts to it. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, man. I really did. So shout out to Slow Tire for that. That about that was me, Charlie. What'd you get into yourself? Yeah, I think you should um, uh, probably listen to his uh, first album, uh, "Nothing Great About Britain." I think that's the term, yeah. Because just just from that, like you kind of get the vibe. Uh, it's very. It, it, there's some more political elements to it, um, and uh, the 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 vibe is much more punky, um, like a punk rocky kind of kind of kind of thing going on. You know, just like ah, oh, give a fuck. You know, I mean, very 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 out there. I think that was his thing, but clearly, well, I'll get I'll get to Tyrone. I'll get to it. Um, Started off with a speech and, and technically the Vagabond family uh, expansion. 
the thing I love about speech and arrested development in general um, is that like they have you know they can be super political or just not at all right but the music in the background is always so nice to listen to they could be talking about the most depressing shit and the mu- and the musicianship in the background will just sound so so serene and so calm um you get that from like the first track a different world where um he explicitly talks about like you know the january 6th insurrection and stuff like that um very political but past that this album just goes in goes everywhere like uh, in in about uh, uh i think like 12 tracks yeah um funking great is one of my is my favorite is my favorite track off here I've put that on my uh regular rotation shout out to friend of five eat otis mentor on that one absolutely spanked it um there are some really good features here uh there is it goes into um this uh, kind of like dance like it just turns into a dance album all of a sudden like with a dance alone uh expansion and rome can fall with arabia love on the lot on the latter two they get really like uh you know just summery dancey uh love ballady and rome can fall especially like uh, speech and arabia love just just fucking like really <laughs> they just really have good chemistry on that front it's just really nice um and yeah it just it just it just goes all over the place stylistically and i actually really enjoyed it you didn't really because the first the first like few tracks you know just too cold seen it for the first time fucking great like it's you know it's relative what you expect from someone like speech and arrested development type music where it's just like you know that that really up up upbeat hip-hop kind of uh uh um uh, um, kind of of like live bandish uh uh, uh, instrumental intimate instrumentals uh and yeah but Damn, it just it just goes completely left at a, a, a point and just and just uh, yeah, it sends you down an interesting road. So a shout out to speech on that one. Uh, which one is next? Uh, Van Jess Homegrown. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, R and B took my week up this week. Honestly, like these these next two R and B projects banging. Um, yeah. So Van Jess Homegrown. I love Van Jess, man. Van Jess is so nice. Um, I will say like uh, there's some uh, a couple of tracks that come across like uh connecting to some uh, some other group um I, f- I forgot which track it was maybe in boothang or cool up i'm not i forget <sighs> or high and dry maybe in high and dry but one of them sounds like a chloe and hallie track and that's no diss right it's, you know chloe, i love chloe and hallie as well like but um yeah it, it, there's some tracks where like you can you can say oh this comes off for uh, another um uh contemporaryized uh, kind of kind of music uh, but past that um they have this real traditional r&b uh funk infused kind of sound going on uh if you want to if you want to listen to more about just more commentary on this one uh go hit up a uh, in search source uh, the guys did a recent episode where they talked about a van jess interview uh and talking about the album itself so if you want more you know from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Uh, you know, you can you can peep that if you want. Uh, go people search a source. Shout out to them guys. Uh, but yeah, this whole album just so nice. It's so nice, super bouncy. You know, bit sexy coming through. You know, I'm into some of these tracks. You know, what I mean, but good features as well. Phony people can't miss with those. Devin Morrison on Boothang's nice. Uh, and come over again is basically like a little remix of the first track and uh speaking of come over is probably my favorite track honestly the first track so uh, when the bass comes into that oh it just hits you so clean so fucking clean uh lucky day table for two 
So this is I have I have a minor issue when it comes to Lucky Day, right? Because because I, I remember listening to Painted, right? And I don't think I actually reviewed it um, for whatever reason. Um, but the I I I kind of just forgot about it <laughs> after I listened to it because and this is and it's, it comes across super clearly for me here the reason why um, I have kind of like a minor problem with Lucky Day um, and it's kind of unfixable. But I will come. I will, I will come back around um, on on just uh, on the point. So give me give me a moment. So there's a plenty. Well, actually, I think every track. Yeah, every track has a female feature on it, right? You got Yeba, uh, Tiana Major Nine, Mahalia, Ari Lennox, Queen Niger, and Joyce Rice, um, and they all all smack up their track in every way. Like, Tiana Major 9 just goes fucking off on, on Road, man. On on Red, sorry. Uh, Ari Lennox doesn't even try. Like, she doesn't even try, but she still spanks that. Uh, Yebron, How Much A Heart Can Take, uh, How Much Can A Heart Take is super nice. Uh, and the rest of them do well as well. And everything about this EP is very good. Like, the production, the songwriting, the tandem nature of it, uh, the features themselves, all bang. All bang. But the problem with for me with Lucky Day is that his voice is so unf- uh, so forgettable. Like, it's super forgettable. Like, if you asked me to try and reenact how Lucky Day sounds, you'd have to shoot me. Because I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's, it's literally impossible. But I will say this. Even though I don't find his personal, you know, vocal, just singing style uh, memorable in any way... Um, I will still give Lucky Day the time of day. Like I will listen to his his work because everything else is so good. Like some of this R and B production is so high, so top tier. It honestly is EP uh, EP list worthy. Like it's so top tier. But his voice is so forgettable. Like I just every all the women on here just smack him up on every track, and they basically just steal the EP away from him. And I feel kind of bad, but I'm just like I just I could I just can't do it. But I will. But with that said, I still listen to Lucky Day. I will still listen to the Lucky, new Lucky Day stuff. And you know, you can say that for um, you can say the opposite for someone like uh, Black Six Black. Um, his voice is super memorable, but I can't give his music the time of day. <laughs> I can't because it, it's so fucking groany. It's memorable, but I don't like it. So you know, it, either way. But um, regardless of that, it's a fire. It's a fire project, and uh, you know, I can I can live I can live past the. Uh, uh, the the unmemorableness of it. All right. Um, what's next? Uh, oh yeah, slow tie. There we go. Slow tie, Tyrant. Um, yeah. So this is very this this uh it's clear that since Nothing Great About Bryn, he's been you know uh linking up with other people. We've obviously seen in several features he's done over the past couple of years. You know, he's very good as a feature artist. I think. Um, he's very good with that. Um, with this album, I feel like compared to Nothing Great About Bryn, is more explorative. Um, I feel like slow tie is trying to you know um. Uh, just diversify his palette uh, sonically and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think lyrically as well, I'd say. Um, th- there's less of the uh, I hate the establishment kind of talk. Um, there is there is some there. You know, NHS is kind of just like a, uh, a big... Not, not even a fuck the establishment, but more like, you know, I'm lo- more like turning around and giving love to the people that the government are fucking up right now. Um, so, you know, there's a bit less of that. And uh, if, you, if you wanted that, then I guess you'll be a bit disappointed. But um, I think the, I, I don't know where you got <laughs> the uh, new Dizzy Rascal vibes. Uh, I don't know who said that, but uh, 
he does. He, I, I get what you meant when you said that. Comparing him. Mm, I, I have no idea where that comparison came from, <laughs> but yeah. Either way, um, he does sound a bit like him. Like there's there's some, there was one track where like I was I was like wow that, that was literally it literally sounded like dizzy on a deep cut on Boy in the Corner. It just sounded so like it. But um, you know that's it was only by vocals only like from just how I heard it, not exactly lyrically or you know um, even skillfully. You know no shot no shade, but you know. Um, but yeah, you know it's it's a cool project. I can't complain. Solid work. Um, 602 Profit, all sides of the story. Um, it's the sign I got uh, recently, uh, just on email, and I thought I'd check it out. Um, it's a homie. Uh, oh, right, he sent, he sent, you sent me the... Oh, uh, the Guardian, really? He's been compared to Boy in the Corner era Dizzy Rascal. Okay, yeah, that... Whoever wrote that, no. Oh, and Pitch... Uh, who now? Pitchfork? Who the fuck are these people? Come on, Who's just, saying this? Just Google Slow I, I know, I know. Dizzy Rascal. Off rip. There's like every... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, I don't what know about, why... What about Dan Where are these people coming from with that? What about Dan Hancock's huh? on Twitter? You know Dan Hancock's? Everyone knows Dan Hancock's. Bro, shut up. <laughs> Let me get my thing. He's... <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. But anyway, it's out there. It's It's been... It's been said. <laughs> okay, thank you for giving me... Uh, evidence on, in in off off wax. Um, well, well, on my phone anyway. Wax. Yeah. So six or two profit. Uh, all sides of the story. Um, yeah. So I was just emailed this by six two profit, and I was just like, you know, for, you know, I could always give it a shout. Um, there's um, there's a lot of good about it. Um, I really like the beats on here. Um, there's some good variety on that front. Uh, that you can get some just like a generic. Uh, you know, just rap stuff. You know, what I mean, just some thick bass and stuff like that. But you, you, you get some, uh, you get some more slow jams kind of, kind of thing going on. Um, shout out to Aura Major, friend of Five V on on All I See. Uh, back, back, bop that. Um, I will say, I guess uh, as a minor criticism, uh, there was like I got a bit, uh, uh I got a li- little bit. Uh, what's the word? Um, I I tuned out a little bit nearer to the end. Um, I would say the only reason for that was just because uh, the uh, the energy clearly just like you know wound down a bit. And they obviously wanted to talk about um, uh, different things <coughs> compared to the start, and the start of it was a little bit formulaic. It was a bit just like same pattern, same pattern for a few songs. Um, so yeah, I'd say either just switch up the variety either more often or just uh switch up the track list a little bit but uh, you know apart from that solid listen can't complain and lastly juice and the black messiah the inspired album Ooh. okay all right cool the the go. inspired the inspired album okay so ben's excited because i'm about to rip the shit out of an album for the first time on this show and he's been wondering why i never do it um uh, because here's my thing um i I, I like this album on the face, right? I, I like the songs themselves. There's, a lot of the songs themselves are very good on the face. Like the, the tracks you mentioned, you know, the Jid and Rhapsody one, banging. Uh, uh, the Mase- I think Masego was on that as well. So, um, you know, that, that song, banging. Um, even... Even the like the you know the Nas track the the Hit Boy track uh, I think um, I don't know which what, I think it was the G Herbo track um, I wasn't looking at the track list as I was listening but there was one track in the middle even the little Dirk track I actually really enjoyed I didn't expect to like that one but I did yeah that was a like great it. song yeah I did I did um, I did enjoy that one that was a really good one but Ben I have a fundamental issue 
with the fact that this is a soundtrack for a film that is based upon the story of a person who basically snitched on Mr. Fred Hampton, who is le- leader of the uh, uh, Chicago uh, uh, delegation, quote-unquote, for lack of a better word, of the Black Panther Party, okay? You you, you said something about, um, uh, 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 you know, just trying to uh, go off the vibe of whatever the soundtrack is supposed to be, right? You know what I mean? The word inspired, the fact that they used the word inspired on this title of the album really fucking irks me. Okay, so dictionary definition of inspired uh, is aroused, animated or imbued with the spirit to do something by or as if by supernatural divine influence. Okay, so you're telling me that <laughs> that, uh, that Nas coming on EPMD uh, talking about what, what was the what was the what was the one fucking uh, uh, fucking bar I heard that really fucked me off. I mean, the whole thing. Fu- oh, yeah, the chorus. EPMD, we back in business. I visualise what it is, not what it isn't. We at the mafia table next to the kitchen, eating Michelin star, counting a million. Sorry, Ben. Do you, in in your limited knowledge of the Black Panther Party, does eating a, eating Michelin star, counting a million, consider? Uh, do you consider that inspiration from the Black Panther Party? I'll answer that question for you. It's yeah. a fuck no. It's a fuck no. It's it's a fuck no. I'm I'm not saying it to you. I'm just but saying have, I'm just asking you, seen, I'm asking you a rhetorical question. Have you seen the it do, film? It doesn't matter what you think. Have you? I seen haven't the seen fi- the film. Why? Wh- okay, I haven't seen the film. What? So what do we? How do we know? Like, isn't it a Fred Hampton biopic? No, no. Well, technically, it is. But even if you, but, but you know, you can you can you can debate on the fact that uh, it actually uh, you know talks about uh, you know Fred Hampton's actual practices etc etc <clears throat> here's the thing the film is called judas and the black messiah <clears throat> daniel kaluuya's character uh, uh, is is ten- fred hampton is technically a supporting supporting uh, act the main character is lakeith uh, stanfield's character uh, which is the judas part of the title right but that's not my problem that's not my issue you have all of this material and you're giving me capitalist vibes when black panther party was literally anything but that how yes, does Jay have fair. the absolute fucking audacity to go on an album that is inspired by Fred Hampton and Judas and the Black Messiah, right? And you <laughs> and you go, I arrived on the day Fred Hampton got mer hold up, assassinated. Just to clarify further, what you gave birth is the chairman mixed with Jeff Fort, big stepper on that jet with my legs crossed. Black stones on my neck. You all can't kill Christ. Black Messiah is what I feel like. Who the fuck are you? You have some fucking nerve, I must admit. And just to top it all off, just to top it all off, they finished the album with ASAP Rocky. Oh my gosh. I didn't even finish the track. I just got to the first few bars and I was just like, nope. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, not even that. I didn't even get to that. I didn't even get to the first verse. I got to the chorus. About 12 bad hoes in my section like Vegas. A few of them strangers, a few of them famous. <laughs> when that ain't enough and black ain't enough, man, I'm done acting up. Let's, get the, let's go hit the cream and get faded. What's, what? What's, 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 what does that have to do? What does that have to do with the film <laughs> with the album that is inspired by this film that is inspired it's like dilution i feel like this is dilution right here 
Like you got you 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 haven't you have a film that doesn't quite you know doesn't quite get into the nitty gritty of what, who Fred Fred Hampton was and you know learning about him you know it's not exactly documentary level right and I'm not expecting it to be but bro you you have an album that's inspired by the film of that particular story and you've just diluted it it's it's been diluted in a lot of ways and again. I like some of these songs. If EPMD was on King's Disease, I'd be smacking that, smacking that track. But the fact it is on this album makes me feel a type of way. Okay, <laughs> and I had a lot more. Uh, I could have uh, 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 examples. I could have give like there was one on Hit Boy's track Broad Day that pissed me off, and it was just it just didn't make sense to me. Like you having these tracks that are basically big ass, like you know money uh, look, look at the money i got chains and this uh jewelry and that stepping off the jet like mm. <laughs> that's not that's not inspired by the, that's not inspired by the story that's mm. not inspired by the film you have no fucking right for this it is absolute bullshit to me and i'm not asking for like you know full-on uh uh you know uh revolutionary type fucking borderline communism music here but do but at least pull back from the fucking iced out iced out wrist fucking music, bro. Mm. Fuck, fuck yourself. Fuck this album overall as a concept. Some of the songs are great. A lot of the songs are great. But in the context of this album and what it's supposed to represent is bullshit. So fuck this album and there you go. And we shall move on to the uh, first edition. Of I'm so excited for this the first edition or first volume I don't know how I'm gonna word it of contemporary cool. So what do I mean by contemporary cool? What I mean by contemporary cool is uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, across this you know lifespan of the show so far, uh, you know when we do retrospectives, which is obviously the bread and butter of you know how we do our shows, um, that was kind of just evolved into that to be honest. Uh, you know we we're doing people's careers of you know gonna either been done you know what i mean or have been suspected to be done or most of most of the career has you know passed so to speak where we can actually form an opinion about their whole career arc uh, there's an arc right there's there's an arc um also obviously we don't do artists that have you know just died like from 2010 unless you know it's someone like mac miller who's obviously unfortunately passed and i can't exactly expand on said arc so obviously for someone like that we obviously have the uh felt felt the need to uh do something like that but we obviously don't explore much music on uh from you know the past 10 years onwards um apart from when we talk about it via reviews uh so hence why we start a contemporary call where we are going to each pick uh two albums each uh, that have been dropped in basically from 2010 onwards. You know, we could be play fast and loose with the term contemporary. Obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on Ben for giving me an album from 2010. <laughs> even though it's 2021, that's 11 years, you dick. 2011, um, man. Come on, relax. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not exactly gonna shoot uh, if if you picked a 2010 album. But right. Yes, we're gonna. Yeah, that's that's the point I was making. Um, but All yeah, right. I know, I know one of your albums is 2011. That's fine. Yeah, it's past. Cool. It's it's on the threshold. It's fine. But All I right. won't shoot at you if it's on 2010. Okay. That's, that's the point I was making. Um, but yeah, we're gonna pick two albums each, and we're basically just gonna, you know, talk about either well, however we want to talk about it, whether it's like how it's aged. Uh, what it represented at that time, uh, have we changed our thoughts on it recently or whatever, you know, just 
is it underrated? Is it overrated still? Um, yeah, we can we can go we can go wherever we want with it. Uh, depends on what we pick, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's contemporary cool. Let's jump right in. Uh, ben, do you want to begin? Let's begin with Lupe Fiasco's Lasers. Now this is a wild <laughs> fucking album to choose off rip and i always i I never really liked this album but as soon as charlie pitched me this idea for some reason this is the very first album i thought of and i think in hindsight if you were looking at it a little bit deeper anyone who didn't get this album or didn't understand where it came from was burying their head in the sand a little bit and i am very guilty of that because i just glossed over this album and waited for his next album I'm like, this is not for me. Because to say that this album was surprising in 2011 was completely disregarding just the wealth of material within this sonic realm that had dropped since graduation 2007, which was a very electronic Mm. EDM kind of, you know, album. Socially Mm -hmm. conscious and backpack rap could basically be anything from 2007 till 2012. You know, there was no convention. There was no blueprint and Lupe had already been on that really maximal touch the sky. So, like, he had been on a song that was, you know, peak, the, like the pinnacle of sound. Like, it was it was everything. It was just totally maximal. He'd even dropped Superstar. So he knew how to cross over. And I think that he used these beats and this sound to make a very potent point. Because if we know Lupe Fiasco, we know that he defies convention steadfastly he wants to defy convention he refuses to be held down by it and he actively rejects institutions he deems as old and outdated and he's so wedded to this that he told complex he has to phone every album since lasers in because he refuses to put his whole heart into a project that atlantic his former record label will make money from he said that explicitly so even tetsuo and youth he did not give his entire being to that album because Atlantic was still making money off that. So as a lyricist, you know, he basically takes nothing off the table though. So it's a completely different, it's a weird dynamic. And in his later career, obviously he's been entirely, uh, he's been content driven, you know, and he's allowed his commercial success to bleed out in order to regain as much freedom to rap about whatever he wants. You know, in his last EP, he had a song about dinosaurs. He can just rap about whatever the fuck he wants at this point. And so Lasers seems like the antithesis to all that. Boy, it makes perfect sense. And I think the criticism of, you know, Lupe just became everything he seeks to tear down, you, you've you've got the point there. You've, you've figured the point out, but it's not fair on him to, to criticize him for that. I think he showed that mainstream hip-hop doesn't have to be surface level to succeed. So ran the numbers to back this up. Well over half of Lupe's bars are full of substance. So 60.7% of his lyrics deal with introspection, politics, social commentary, existentialism, and my personal favorite, criticisms of fame and the industry. Now the rest of his bars deal with pop tropes like you know relationships romance inane superficiality uh and the retreat position of all electronic pop artists bland platitudes there are actually lupe is the artist i would never have thought to stack a song with platitudes but he fucking does it man and (laughs) you could be forgiven for saying this is enough to dismiss the album but i disagree i truly think lupe was trying to make a point If you look at the distribution of the pop trope bars, the bulk of them came in just three songs. 
I don't want to care right now, out of my head and coming up. He utilized these entire songs to dump that content and just to, to, to make this point, to keep the pop fans interested, to cross over. He spent most of his time elsewhere on the album dealing with real issues, and I think it's a very brave thing to do. You know, Lupe said that the label gave him two songs wholesale, Never Forget You When the Show Goes On, the former featuring John Legend, and the latter samples Modest Mouse. And Lupe said the label forced him into doing those songs. In the case of The Show Goes On, he said they even had the content picked out for him. He certainly addresses these concerns on a song like State Run Radio. Like, it's fucking right there in plain sight. And it makes me think that labels don't even listen to the songs if they don't think they're going to be singles. They're just like, oh, we didn't even listen to State Run Radio because it's not going to be a single. Like, he raps, <laughs> propaganda's everywhere, constantly on replay, all the hits, all the time, back-to-back on relay. We're really where it lives. Make them hear the records we play. Build your own station. Become your own DJs. And I think, mm-hmm. and this is just my theory, that Lupe infiltrated the system and exposed it as ridiculous and overblown from the inside. Like, looking at the facts of the album, Lupe wanted to leave his recording contract with a triple album called Loop End, but Atlantic said no. So then he set about recording Lasers. Now, we already know three separate occasions during the recording process of Atlantic forcing Lupe into something. The two songs, which he was forced to make, and scrapping the project he really wanted to make. And when he completed the project, he tweeted that it was done and was waiting for the label to release it. This was in 2010. And when it didn't drop, Lupe's fans made noise. They signed a petition, uh, which sparked Lupe to feed into it and support it. They even fucking... uh, they marched on Atlantic. Like, there were people outside Atlantic picketing. So the whole time, he would have known. The whole time, he would have known this album would polarize his fans. A few years after release, he even offered to destroy hard copies if people wanted him to. He knew exactly... I feel like he knew exactly what he was doing. He fed into the pop trope and showed us that, A, how ridiculous it is when you try to force an authentic and loved rapper into making a boring platitude rap album, and B that you don't even have to. You don't have to do that. You can go number one without compromising your lyrical content. And Mm. he said in a really big interview, um, I think it was with Complex or it might have been with GQ, and he says that he still likes that album. He's always loved and hated the album because he loves, he says, the music is dope, but I don't like the process. He said, we were literally going on tour and a lot of the records that are on the album that the record company was saying, hey, we don't like this record. It's not up to par. And we'd already been performing them for two years and you've got kids that know all the words to a lot of the records that are going to come out because our thing was, all right, if you're not going to go out, put it out, we're going to perform it on tour. So I really do think Lupe's too intelligent, man. Lupe, we know Lupe is an alien in this sense. You know, we've all listened to Drogus Wave and had no freaking idea what was going on because <laughs> it is way beyond our capability. I, I mm. try to analyze Mural. It took me four days just to do a lyrical breakdown. It's insanity. He's too intelligent to put out a pop album. And if he says that he still loves this album, then that means that there was a higher calling for it there was a there was a different reason and i really do think that that's what it is and and whilst i don't necessarily go back to it and be like oh yeah i really love this album it's it's really because it's not for me and if it's not for you sonically that's okay but i don't think it can be shit on like you know who goes back to drogus wave and listens to that constantly but you're not going to say it's a mid album are you because it's a Mm -hmm. fucking concept and it's an amazing concept it's just it's too deep for me 
And I think this album was, you know, I think it doesn't get the the credit it deserves as being a genuine, like, spit in the face of the labels at that point. So would you just class it as, like, a kind of like a parody album? I would say it's hard to say that because the whole album obviously isn't. And I think sonically, like, the beats, yes, absolutely. I think it is a parody album. I think... You know, there are artists out there who are making music seriously around this time with this kind of production. And it's good music, man. It's, it's good music. But lyrically, I think he is... It's almost like he's revealing the parody whilst the parody's going on. He's kind of like... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's... he's yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he, it's like, he it's know, like... Yeah. Yeah, he knows we're not that intelligent. We aren't. You know, we're not going to get it. We're not. We're not going to understand. We've only seen him for two albums by this point. We don't know him. If you put it out in 2021, then it would be obvious. Yeah, but in sense. 2011, yeah, he yeah, had yeah. to reveal the trick as he was performing it, and I think that's what mm. it is. Mm. I think that's a great point, actually. The fact that you said this is uh, what you say, third album. Did you say? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The fact. The fact that yeah, that I think that's really good to say in context, and obviously seeing it in hindsight, because. When I, because this week was the first time I listened to it. Actually, um, I I've been listened to it um, until until recently. Uh, when you obviously said to do the uh, that you can do this, um, and I I actually didn't really know the beef with it, um, but I knew the beef with it as soon as I pressed play. I was just like, oh right, okay, all right, it's one of those. All right, fine. But that's kind of what I was thinking throughout. I was just like, this has to be some sort of like. Uh, parody or like uh, showing a ma- like do a magic trick and saying exactly what you're doing as you're doing it, so to speak. So here it is, card. I'm gonna put it in my sleeve. That's literally what's happening as I listen to it. Um, so yeah, I I, I was thinking that because if if it wasn't like that, I was just like, damn. If I've been thinking, what what are people talking about Lupe in this in this like god tier fashion for like uh, uh, you know because lupe fans are few and far in between but when you find them oh whoa, are they passionate like oh they are passionate you're there's no such there's no such thing i think as a lukewarm <laughs> as a lukewarm lupe fan you know what i mean like you either really like lupe or you just uh or you just you know you, you, you can listen to it right uh but you know you're not gonna say i'm gonna listen to Drogas Wave like constantly as as you said, right? There's there's people that are gonna listen to Drogas Wave constantly and try and break it down. I I bet you if I look that up on Reddit right now, there's probably just like a huge Reddit of just like Lupe fans just fucking breaking Drogas Wave down like fucking oh, lyric, for sure. lyric, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah guarantee. Guarantee. Um so yeah, I I find that very interesting. Um and uh yeah, listening to it, I just had that thought, I was just like I mean, I I know he's a smart dude, but this just seems so surface level, you know what I mean? But uh, but as I was listening to it, I was like, okay, because when when I sent you that uh fifty cent line, let me <laughs> let me find that let me find that line again, because I was just that that just made me fucking stop. I was like, huh? <laughs> I, just, I fucking freaked the fuck out. I was like, what are we talking about here? All right, so um, so this is on all black everything. Uh, it's in the second verse, and he goes um. Let me just go up a little bit. Just oh, to this is wild, yeah. Sort of yeah. Yeah, so Fred Astaire was the first to do a backspin. The Rat Pack was a cool group of black men that inspired five white guys called the Jacksons. Eminem fitted in, but then again, he inspired a black rapper trying to mimic him, and that's what really rose up out of Michigan, the sounding white rapper by the name of 50 Cent. All right, so clearly 
that's a big ha huh? um, yeah, as you listen as you listen to all of that I was just I literally just had I literally rewound I literally just went hang hang on hang on pause let me just drag that back a couple of seconds like <laughs> I was just like what the fuck are we talking about here so yeah um obviously clearly there's a pause element um uh, and you had to just I had to just obviously get in context of that but obviously the whole verse itself and the whole song itself is very um uh, kind of a, what's what's the what's the term I'm thinking of um you know kind of kind of role reversal i guess that's kind of the point being made here um and uh, obviously just very uh you know not real uh but yeah that's kind of how i see the whole album where it's just like he's saying these he, he says some things that's just like hang about hang about this is lupe like lupe is, why why is lupe talking about this for like you know stuff like that but in the but when you listen to a little bit more and you uh see some of the other lyrics i think it's split into half where it's like some of the lyrics are just like uh, what are we talking about here and it's just like generic stuff uh but then he gets into like 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 you were talking about the here's the magic trick and here's how i did it kind yeah, of thing yeah. um and yeah it's 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 like it's like parody um and also just like shining a light on bullshit and i kind of like that i respect that and i respect that thinking about it um and i'm kind of glad i didn't know the full extent of the story behind this album and why people didn't rate it um and you know like i said to you i was like i get big xv vibes listening to this i get big tiny temper discovery vibes listening to this and i love both of those uh both xv and discovery as an album so you know i like that era i grew up in that era i really enjoyed that era. we've talked about that how i fucking love just shit from the 2010 to 2011 this is super yeah. 2011 Black it's Eyed so Peach, 2011 yeah. it's so 2011 it's sickening <laughs> um but yeah it's uh it's, it's a fascinating piece of work honestly and uh considering that it was his third and like you said i think that's a oh, i have to reiterate, uh, reiterate that point of just like you know people didn't know the full scope of what lupe was about at that point but obviously now uh, getting into what he's talking about in the interviews in the past few years and you know how intelligent he clearly is um this just seems like a big just uh, uh like like a con job in some ways like here's a pop album ah <laughs> you know what i mean like smoke and mirrors I, I i i kind of enjoy that kind of aspect to it yeah i agree entirely i think you summed it up really well i think uh I think we've solved the uh, the Rubik's cube that is lasers. We can move on to your <laughs> first album. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was wondering what your theory was, and I was like, okay, no, yeah, that's that's a, that's a cool theory. Um, uh, let's let's do let's do uh, let's do Skepta Kanichiwa. So I wanted to talk about this um, simply from a just a just from an educational standpoint, and also just from a uh, I, I just wanted a reason to listen to the album again because I've been meaning to. Um, so you actually haven't listened. You, this is actually the first time you've listened to Kanichiwa, which I found interesting when I gave yes. it to you. Yes, I mean I've, um, I've listened to the song. Like obviously heard "Shut Down" and a couple of singles, but I never listened to it front yeah. to back. No. Yeah, exactly. So um, for those that haven't listened to it, you know, it's kind of like a you know, there's some movie elements to it. You know, what I mean, there's it's kind of like skits here and there of like uh, the, of things happening, um, but. This this is kind of the album that uh, to give context towards uh, around this time it was you know 2016 I think it was and uh, this album was being made over a few years yeah May 2016 um, and around this time and kind of hopping on hopping right off uh, hopping onto 
the back of what we're talking about with lasers. Um, around that time, it was 2010 to 2015, around that area, um, UK grime, rap, you know, they, they were they were a bit all over the place. The identity was lost, like, culturally. Um, it was genuinely taken hostage in some ways by um, the labels. Um, and, you know, there were a couple of artists that grabbed the bag, right? Tiny Temper again, uh, for another mention. Uh, Chipmunk in some ways, who's now Chip and uh, has kind of gone off that uh, once he removed his name Chipmunk and just went by Chip. Um Tiggy Strider, N-Dubs, Wiley in some ways, Dizzy Rascal we've talked about, obviously, in the BHM series, uh, Kano in, in another, another uh, in, in some ways, because obviously the difference between Made in the Manor and the, I forgot what the album was before that, is obviously very different. Um, Grime Street? I think it was Grime Street. Um, Grime Street, yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, so, you know, there was clearly just a remove, and, and all these people were there when Grime either began or became a thing. Because um, in the early 2000s, grime was in some ways international. There was some, you know, grime artists in like uh, be- grime roots beginning in like, uh, I think, New Zealand, China, Japan, uh, Canada, I think as well. You know, there was there was some there was some grime evolved. There was a grime internationally. Um, and that was in like 2005, 2006. But in the UK domestically, uh, there was a just a genuine shift um, and people just started grabbing the bag, and you know, all for it, all for it. grab the bag, get the bag. But clearly, at that point, the cultural identity of grime specifically was lost. And it wasn't until, uh, and you know, there were a couple of albums you could name before uh, Kanichiwa that uh, you know stuck to that, uh, stuck to that uh, grime uh, identity that was initially lost um, at that point. But Kanichiwa was super important. From just a uh, from just a cultural standpoint, uh, obviously the whole album itself, if you listen to, it, is you know very grime oriented. Apart from maybe uh, numbers, which I couldn't do without, to be honest. Um, I don't know why every time Pharrell comes up in these conversations, yeah. I'm always shitting on him. I don't, I, I no, love I Pharrell, but so- sometimes he just comes up in the most inopportune moments. And I'm just like Pharrell, no, like yeah, <laughs> like n- numbers is not the track, um, and. In that case, you can say definitely that Skepta was clearly trying to not just restart grime and make it uh, and and restart its and and find its cultural identity again, but clearly trying to you know cross the states as well. Obviously, on the start of shutdown, you have Drake going "Trust me, Daddy," which makes me fucking cringe every time. Um, it, it clearly and ASAP Nast on one track as well. You know, clearly he's trying to go for some uh, uh, Atlantic crossover, right? He's clearly going for that as well. So he's trying to double up on this fashion. Um, it's actually won the 2016 Mercury Prize, uh, 2017 Mercury Prize. I forget which year. Um, I think it'd be our like David Bowie um, and, uh, and and someone else uh, of of relative importance. Um, but yeah, the reason why it won was because it really, really, and I can't stress it enough of how it restarted grime um, and restarted just that, and not even grime itself as a, as a you know, 120 BPM uh, classic way of doing grime, but just the just the essence of it that is uh, that has flowed into something like UK rap, you know, your Daves, um, your, your obviously Chips and, uh, uh, and others that you can obviously mention uh, that come around these days. Um, that's all because... Skepta and in some ways JME as well as brothers um you know that's not me uh, the music video was that 
the music video for that was done for 60 quid. Um, and that was kind of, and there was a reason for that. There was a specific reason for that was because he wanted to have the essence of old, you know, the back in the day kind of grime. Um, that was the reason for it to, to have that, you know, pull you, pull you, pull by the boots, by the bootstraps kind of, uh, uh, essence of it and trying to make something that is, uh, you know, super, uh, what's the word? Um, just super, just super rugged, <laughs> just super rugged. They did it for 60, 60 pounds. I don't know if I said dollars before, but yeah, 60 pounds. They did it for 60 quid. Um, and that was unheard of at that point because everyone was getting big budget music videos. Go look at any Tiny Temper video. There's some budgets in that shit. <laughs> There's some budgets in that. Um, so it, it is, I'm, I'm talking a lot, but I'm trying to sell, see, sell, up the, uh, uh, sell up the context for it. And that's kind of the only point I wanted to make for this album because the album's very good. I enjoyed the album apart from maybe numbers. But, um, you know, there's just the... While it comes across as a you know a decent rap album or a decent grime album, the 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 deeper layers behind it are just so important to realise in the context of UK rap music history. And uh, you know if 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 he if he didn't do that, I wonder where I honestly wonder where we where UK music would be at. UK rap music especially would be at. Maybe it would be in the same place it is now, but. Um, but damn, labels had a real stranglehold at, at some point, and uh, they really had the culture, especially just by the nuts. And uh, good on Skepta and you know people like Jamie, novelist, and all those lot for just saying, "Nah, fuck that," and I'm gonna go make a music video for sixty quid. That's a wild story. I didn't know that. You know, I didn't yeah. know the context and the history of this album. I thought, uh, I actually always thought that Shutdown was the reason this album blew up, but I, I didn't realize that it barely charted like i went 39 in the uk but like definitely had plenty of uh songs that charted above that and this was skepta's first where did it go and this number two it went in the, this album went number two in the uk and his previous highest was 19 and i think the one before that was 130 or something so yeah yeah i felt more about like the the experience of the album you know it was fully immersive and i mm-hmm. think you can really get lost in the narrative you know or i mean then you can just disengage with it and turn up and, and revel in the beats i mean there's there's oh, two yeah. ways to listen to this album so i don't think there's even a bad beat on here i think the only reason numbers is salvaged is because skeptic's totally on top of his presentation skills you know i felt that out that song did not really fit on here but skeptic nailed it um there's a lot of garage here as well uh, i felt like lyrics that's not me etc like they they had that garage and I think that's an underrated part of British hip hop, you know. Yeah. It's something that they've managed that no one else has consistently managed, and it, it does like tie back into Lupe, because you know there are there are ways of incorporating other genres into hip hop production, and in American hip hop, it's not done brilliantly a lot of the time, you know. But in in British hip hop, the way that they incorporate electronic music, it just makes sense. You know, it makes sense. We get these super stretchy bass lines, like grating synth lines, sometimes a slower tempo beat. Um, so, yeah, I felt like this album was a little bit more understated but in, in regards to the electronica, but the, the electronica was no less potent for that. And it's interesting that you say that this was kind of a restart for Grime because obviously I don't have a lot of uh, knowledge of the timeline of Grime. But um, 
yeah, I mean, that, he's the new generation, right? I guess around this time, like 2010 to 2016, it was probably the older generation who was still pushing, you know, maybe Wiley, Giggs, Kano, uh, Dizzy. They were kind of well, the ones Skepta that was still... part of that as well. Okay, okay. So yeah, Skepta's was... part of the old guard. Let's, let's not get that twisted. He's, he's genuinely a veteran in that sense. Like, he wow, was in okay. the same... Yeah, it was in the same spaces as, like, uh, Kano and them. Um, I think the... Uh, yeah, the, the the point there, I guess, in where he stood, was that um, if Wiley's going to chase a bag, then like uh, the guy who you know practically uh, you know the godfather of it, you know, uh, then what it what what's left for it? And uh, you know, he tried obviously in that front and succeeded. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I just want I just want to say that. But yeah, he's generally a veteran in the in the streets. I'd say. Um, uh, and I'd say he's like the perfect person for it because at that point, um, even his album, like around that time before, uh, like 2012 or whatever, I forgot when it dropped, was you know, he was in the same boat. I wanted, I meant to say that he was in the same boat as like everyone else. So he went to get the bag, and you know, his music took a dip um, because of that. Like, go listen to like uh, the I forgot what it's called. I forgot the album. Um, but yeah, go listen to like the previous album before uh, before Kanichiwa. It's just it's it's not <laughs> it ain't the same. It ain't the same. Mm. It ain't the same. It's different. It's different. Um, so yeah, it's it's important to say that that he was in that kind of whirlwind, and I guess he just pulled himself out of it in 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 some in some fashion. That's interesting to know. I did not know that at all. I thought Skepta was like you know part of this younger generation. So that's that's cool, man. And this album is one that um. I don't know what the way that I saw this album and I don't know if it's the Drake connection or not, but as someone around 2016 who was not no longer tapped into what was relevant in UK hip hop at that time, you know, I was listening to Dizzy, I was listening to Wiley, I was listening to The Streets, I was listening, but these are artists Mm -hmm. I discovered in the mid 2000s, you know, so I had no idea what was going on in contemporary British hip-hop at that time, but Skepta was the one that pushed through, and Skepta was the one that I felt felt to me like it was leading that charge, you know? So, yep. yeah, I mean, from a subjective, uh, removed perspective, then uh, your theory is, is right in that sense. Like, it certainly felt like he was the one that shined a much brighter light on what was going on in contemporary British hip-hop than, you know, prior. So, yeah, man, shout-out to Skepto. It's a great album. I really enjoyed it. I I never listened to it before, but I put it on. I listened to it twice through. I just, yeah, it's, it's a great album. Yes, yes, it's it's super solid. It's super solid. I'm trying to I'm trying to look up the Mercury Prize uh, Mercury Prize because uh, <laughs> I want, I just wanted to see what it'd be because I remember did it. It beat uh, Black. I mean, it didn't beat Black Star, did it? Surely, fuck. Okay, uh, <coughs> two, two, yeah, it was. No, it's right here. It's Kano made in the manner of David Bowie, Black Star. Yeah, made in the manner. Radiohead. Oh, I was, it I, beat it beat Radiohead's a moon shaped pool. It beat Black Star. What the fuck? Yeah, bro. wow. Yeah, wow. Honestly, yeah, I, I would have. I would have personally gone. Um, you know, made in the manner and love and hate. Oh, and the dreaming room. Fuck, this is such a good year. I forgot how good the year this was. Fuck. Yeah, boy. Bat for Lashes oh. the Bride as well. I mean, the Mercury Prize is always fire. Anyway, ASAP Rocky testing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I personally feel like ASAP Rocky has the best flow in hip-hop right now in the sense that it is the most adaptable, uh, the most dazzling. <laughs> he finds pockets that no one else seems to find, and I feel like it's deeper than just rapping off beat or chasing one element of the beat and focusing on that, which a lot of rappers do. I think Jay-Z said it with... Um, 
Shining or one of those DJ Khaled tracks or I Got the Keys or something. And everyone was like, oh, you're up, offbeat. And um, no, it was all the way up. And he said, no, 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 I'm, I'm mm. just chasing the snare. You know, I'm rapping to the snare. And he was. But like, I don't think that that's super inventive. You're allowing the snare to take you in that direction. And I think that ASAP Rocky finds space in the beat to add another rhythmic element to it. Like on ASAP yeah. Forever, it's like he took that triplet flow, right? He dialed it back a touch so that over the top of a slowish beat, he's rapping much quicker than the time signature and he's creating his own rhythm with the vocals. Now, to be able to do that and keep your content intelligible is actually a really challenging thing to do. And he's done it his whole career. And it's I really love hearing Rocky. He doesn't always do it. Sometimes he, he gets a bit dull or he gets a bit lazy, um, but when he when it comes off, it's fucking amazing. So a few yeah. stats on this album: uh, eleven of the fifteen tracks have ASAP Rocky production credit, which is his highest contribution to a project. The album actually has three point three production credits per track, which was the seventh highest of twenty eighteen. So I'm saying that to set up: this was an event record. This was an event record. This was an experimental record. This oh, was yeah. trying to go in a new direction. Um. It's Rocky's only number one, uh, sorry, only album not to go number one. It went number four. It's only sold 75K first week. It actually charted below Daytona, which came out the same day, which went number three. Easily Rocky's lowest first week sales. 67 review average. Again, easily Rocky's lowest. So not only is this album not bad, I actually think it's pretty fucking brilliant. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone in 2021 saying that this album didn't age really well. And I feel like it's expansive and it's solid at the same time. I really feel like if this album had dropped in 2020, 2021, sorry, since the start of this year, this is all we'd be talking about. This album would be fucking, everyone would be talking about. And I think like he takes on a lot of responsibility on this album. He really places himself on beats that do not fit the standard mold. You know, the track with French Montana, it's an epic slow burn that samples Lee Fields. Uh, Cold Drops sounded like it could have been on The Love Below. Um, Kids Turned Out Fine could have been a Kings of Leon song before the beat comes on. And that's not even to mention the Moby sample. Uh, you know, and the Skepta feature on Tony Tone. Like, uh, sorry, that's the Skepta feature and Tony. Yeah. Like, it's fire, right? So Rocky slays everything he touches on here. I think his flow on Tony Tone is just godlike. He holds his own next to, next to Skepta. He gets deep. He gets existential. He gets emotional at times on this album, talking about fame and jealousy. He lets us into his inner world. And I just think hip-hop doesn't seem to be at a place to give an album like this its flowers right now, especially not in 2018 when it came out which was an insanely stacked year in rap. There were 63 top 10 albums in 2018 that were hip-hop. That is the most in hip-hop history by a long, long way. There were 20 in, 60 in 2020, sorry, 60 in 2020. So that's the most. I think the next most was like 48 or something like that. So it's a huge, 15 more is massive. He dropped May 25, which was the same day as Daytona. Uh, it was the beginning of the good music shutdown. Kanye, Kid C, Ghost, Pusha T, Nas, Tiana. He dropped in the same month as Ray Shremard, who dropped their triple album, Wale, oh, Playboy God. Cardi, Ski Mask, T Grizzly, Kevin Gates, Lil Baby, Nav, Juice World, G-Eazy. They all dropped in the same month. Now, if ever an album was going to go unappreciated, it was testing. It was a 52-minute long album. Its second track is a five-minute long opus sampling a song that was iconic 18 years ago. 
but I doubt anyone under the age of 30 really remembers. Now, the reception this album got actually scares me a little bit because it's not Rocky's best project, you know, but it is his bravest, and I feel like bravery should always be admired and encouraged, especially when pop music is beginning to, you know, it's starting to infiltrate hip-hop pretty heavily. Like when an artist actively rejects the mainstream sound, sets out to create something new like Rocky did here, it's refreshing and it's energizing, and it doesn't have to be great to be great. I know that's a crazy thing, but it just has to be good to be great. If you're doing something brand new or you're taking it in a different direction or you're doing something brave, you don't have to be great at it for it to be a great thing that you've done. And I really don't think that distinction is ever really spoken about. And I just, I genuinely feel, man, this is what we've got so far before this week in, in 2021. We've got in the mainstream, we've got Little Skies, Unbothered, and Rich the Kid, Lucky Seven, and a couple of deluxe albums. You tell me that ASAP Rocky drops testing in the middle of January and we're not still talking about it in the middle of February. Of course we fucking would be. It would be everywhere. And I think, you know, it tells me that this album has aged really well, that it could drop right now and shut things down. And, you know, I think it has everything here. It's got enough for the Purple Swag, Loyalists, uh, Distorted Records, Tony Tone, Praise the Lord, Buckshots, Black Tux, all channel that sound. But there's so much more, you know, like the introspection and growth on changes, uh, the warmth of purity, the personal glimpses on OG Beeper. Um, I even really enjoyed Kodak Black's heartfelt verse at the end of Call Drops. It's a great project, man. And I think people are starting to come around to that fact. But I really wanted to nail it down and just say, this is why I think it's a great project. And this is why I think... It's just, it's one of those projects, man. It's one of those projects that people are going to forget about. But I don't think we should. I think it's great. Silence. Um, I made my point so well. Charlie has nothing to add. Just he's just. Nah, like, you just made so on. many points. So it's just I'm just trying. I'm just trying to like see if I can tee him up like, as I go. <laughs> Because like there's some there's there's some points you made that I, that I can that I can agree with and uh, and uh, a few that I don't, um, like I'm 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 getting like uh, I I I don't know and I'm not saying you I'm not saying you're saying this uh but I'm kind of getting for from some people that have talked about this album and how like you know oh it was overhated um they're kind of giving me the vibe of like it's supposed to be uh 808s level uh in, in inspirational when you know i oh, and this I is this is just that. me That's why. i don't i i don't like i don't i don't like listening to 808s but i can understand the Damn. uh objective nature of it oh bro it's the Take same Charlie. song 10 times i'm sorry I'm sorry, it's the same song ten times. But the, you know what? That's that's not that's not contemporary that's not the episode that's not contemporary cool. That's that's not contemporary cool, so we can't talk about it. True. Um so <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately you can't talk about it, so no argument. Um just allow my point. But anyway. Um yeah, so eh, with this with this album I feel like uh you know, when I initially listened to it, um I kind of had like the same lukewarm reaction to most people. Like there's some good there's some good ideas here. But that's all they are. It's just like good ideas, and the rest of it is just like all over the place. 
And to be honest, my opinion hasn't really changed upon listening to this again and just re and you know just weeding it up for for this episode. I I don't really like obviously ASAP Forever and Praise the Lord bangs right. We we can all agree that they both bang. They're good tracks, right? They they are good tracks. But everything around this, I'm just like. Like it's always something. There's always something, and I feel like the this album is so like okay. I can I can agree with you, right? When you talk about you know bravery and doing something different and experimenting, that's a key word for this one. Um, experimenting, right? But experimenting for lack of for for at the at the um uh at the what's the what's the, what's the word? There's, there's a word I'm looking for, but um uh. To, to to damage to damage cohesion is not what I consider just like good like oh 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 you you oh great you're experimental but the thing's not cohesive at all so like I'm um, I, I what what do you want me to do with this like you know what I mean I I think you can be experimental and also be cohesive and I don't, I think he just went just completely for experimentation and just left the cohesion out the fucking window he literally squatted and took a shit on the word cohesion. Like every track is so different, so different, and not in the not in like that good way. To be completely honest with you, like I I just I just go from track to track, and I'm just like, what am I supposed to be taking away from this? You know what I mean? That's, that's all that's all I get from listening to this. Sometimes it's just a it's just a whole lot of ideas and a whole lot of honestly undercooked ideas. It, 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 that's that's kind of what I get for a lot of this. Just like they're great ideas. I'm seeing where you're coming from, but boy, this needed some time in the oven. That's kind of all I get from listening to this album still, like after all these years. And on your point of like, uh, uh, if it dropped right now, it would like you know, stop the world. To be honest, bro, considering of the amount of uh, the lack of hip hop projects we've gotten so far in the past couple of months, I think there's a lot of albums you can give that. <laughs> you can give that to. Let's be real. Like, there's as how many albums can you think of that if it dropped in the past couple of months it would have just owned the past couple of months like i mean bro drake should have dropped now i know he's not dropping for whatever reasons because he had surgery or some shit and uh can't do the music videos or whatever and uh, can't do the rest of the stuff around the music but bro if he just dropped straight up just dropped the album and did the rest later on then mate everyone would be talking about Drake right now but they but he but he you know decided to push back uh, pull back and that's you know that's nice on him but he could have dropped now uh, there's plenty of artists that could have dropped now and they would have uh, done the exact same thing that you just said with with this album I feel like uh, it's, saying that in the context of this album does not make this does not raise the profile of this album for me I'm sorry I'm seeing what you're doing there like you said obviously it dropped at the same time as T Grizzly and that horrible abomination of a Ray Shremmed album. That was, yeah, was horrible. Great. It was that disappointing, was that album. It was more disappointing than horrible. No, it's just the fact like... that they... It's, the, it's just the fact that they just, like, went for that double album, uh, just throw as many tracks as possible just to get the streaming numbers, you fuckers. Triple, man. I it saw was a that. triple album. Triple album. I'm sorry, yeah, triple. They they went the extra fucking mile. Absolute abomination. Um, But, yeah, I see what you did there. I see what you did, you know what I mean? If it, if it wasn't dropped in such a packed lineup you know the same day as daytona of course it ain't gonna get as spun as much but to be honest bro people i think people listen to this um uh, uh not probably not as much as daytona um like afterwards but i think everybody gave it at least one spin um and came across it takes more than one spin but 
I mean, we have I'm to sure agree that I'm sure it does. I'm sure there are albums that do take more than one spin. And I listened to Testing okay. and Daytona on the same day, and I actually enjoyed Testing more when it dropped. And then I was way okay. much, I was much cooler on it after I listened to Daytona. And I'm like, oh man, mm. I'm not going to go back to Testing. So but I swear like, Daytona's the thing is, I mean, Daytona's a great album, but like, it, I feel like it's this this whole idea of we just need a an album that hits you immediately, and if it doesn't. Then nah, nah, uh, fuck that. I'm gonna live with it. But if you live with this album, I feel like if you live with this album, <laughs> but, but that's why? The thing, man. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. That's what we used to have to do back in the day. And there are so yeah, many. Yeah, albums no, no, that we no. Have okay, right. With. Okay, alright. Okay, I see where you're coming from. But why for ASAP Rocky? I'm sorry, I'm not doing this for ASAP Rocky. I'll why? do it. For... Why not? Because it's ASAP Rocky. He's it's not. <laughs> It's not Big Sean album, man. It's not a freaking. It's not a. I don't know. This is oh, not a on, trippy bro. red you album. Be dense. Oh, bro, this is more to hip hop than wise. lyrics. I know, I know, but production wise, it's it's all it's it's. If you want to do it from the production side, right? I get it because there's a lot of ideas come from the production side. I feel, but lyrically, I'm not listening to ASAP Rocky project for the lyrics. Allow me with that. Allow me. Oh. All right. No, that's fair. I mean, it's your it's your prerogative. I still think the point stands. <laughs> okay, sure. I, I see where you're coming from. I really do. But I I just don't. I'm 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 I, I'm just not one of these people that will allow that will give themselves time to really sit down with an ASAP Rocky album. I'm not. No. 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 That's just absurd to me. Just saying that sentence made me laugh. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just what it is for me. Like I, I just don't. I just don't rate ASAP that high, and that's just me. That's like, and that's oh. not even to this. That's not even toward this album. It's just his whole his whole arc. To be completely honest with you, and we'll do that on a retrospective way down the line. But you know, it is what it is for me. And uh, you know, I do. What I will say, I do agree with you on like the on the bravery side and on the trying something different kind of side. And you know, doing stuff that was different than what was going on at that time. There was, and uh, you know. And if it did drop right now, um, I would have the same thoughts, but I would, and I still think, I, I still, like, you know, give him some respect for trying something different. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't need, I don't need another, you know, a, a long last ASAP. I don't need another one. You don't need part two. It's fine. If you want to switch up, switch up. I'm all for people switching up. I'm all for people being experimental. But experimentalism with, uh, to, to, at the uh, detriment, that's the word I was looking for, at the detriment of cohesion it's just not for me. That's that's. I, I just feel like you can do both. Um, you know, that's that's just. It's just how I see it, bro. All right, we have to agree to disagree on that one. Um, oh yeah, I was fine. Can... Oh, yeah, I knew that from jump. <laughs> I knew that shit from jump. <laughs> I wonder, like, I wonder what you're gonna choose that I'm gonna dislike. I wonder when we're gonna get to that point. I don't know. Yeah, because well, well, we're into yeah, the next we'll album. I fucking love. So. Oh yeah. So last album uh, is uh, uh, Joey Badass's All American Badass, and I, th- I I'm I'm kind of coming down on this. Uh, the way I wanted to come down with this is kind of on the same vein as what you're talking about with testing. Actually, I, I like the key the cohesion we have with these uh, with these albums. Like the fact that Skeptor's on like you know a couple of them and uh, Lasers went straight into Tenichiwa. I like it, the cohesion on this one, uh, which testing does not uh, have. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so i just find listening back to this album uh i listened back to it a couple of months ago because i just i don't know i just you know you just listen to one song 
just out of nowhere. And you just feel like, I'm, you know what, I'm going to spin the whole album. And that's exactly what I did. I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm spinning the whole thing. And I was just like, oh, this is so great. I forgot how fucking great this is. Right? And uh, I went to, I went to, th- I had to think, because I remember doing my end of year list for that year, 2017. And I remember it wasn't in my top five. And I was just like, how is this not in my top five? So let me go through, because I put this at seven. Um believe it or not and i think you can i think you can understand the from when i say the albums afterwards i think you can see where i'm coming from uh, as, as to why i put it at seven right um so number six was uh dizzy russell's rasket um five was scissors control uh four was rhapsody's latest wisdom three was big crits forever uh, forever's mighty long time uh number two was laurel connor's yesterday's gone and number one was obviously kendrick's damn right so I mean, you could you could disagree with me or agree with me on that front. I don't really care. It's not the conversation here. Um, but I just <laughs> I just find it fascinating that an album such as that um, can be that low on my personal list, and it can and it has become so poignant. And um, I think as an album, as uh, as good as Immortal American Badass is, I don't think we've really given Joey Badass credit. Um, uh, I think this. I think this album's underloved. I think people love this album, but I don't think it's loved enough. I don't think it. People talk about this album enough, because I think, um, in ter- uh, uh, and I'll return to the words cohesion. Um, I feel like this album has such a perfect balance between um, talking about social issues, uh, having bangers, great features, great solo performance. Everything about a great hip hop album, I feel like this album has all the ingredients to. Uh, I I I just generally feel feel that I think this is the one the most balanced, well balanced, and I know that's kind of an arbitrary way of saying things, but I just I just can't really explain it past what I've just said. But I think it's just one of the most perfectly balanced uh, albums uh, in hip hop history. I really do think that. I I think there's just so much about it that you can. that you can uh, uh, that you can digest and just take in and just enjoy it as well. Like you can you can talk about the uh, you know the fuck Donald Trump bars on Babylon, um, you know, and and for my people and uh, uh, what's what's the other track Temptation, like like these are so politically charged and so socially conscious. Um, but they're so great to listen to in general. Just, just and obviously, Good Morning America, and obviously the title has America Badass. Like, it's so in your face. You know, Why You Don't Love Me, Miss America, Rockabye Baby, right? Super Predator, America Cocoon Idol. You know what I mean, this and Babylon. Like these tracks are so they ha- they are so heavy in their social content, socially. Uh, 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 socially charged content, um, you know, commentary about race and stuff like that. But as just general hip hop tracks, they're so easy to listen to. They're just supremely easy to listen to, and I can't help but give love to this album um, after all these years and uh, really say it's underloved. I really do think it's underloved, and. Um, yeah, man, I, th- I just really think this this album just deserves uh, a lot more than it was given at the time. I feel I feel like it was very 
underappreciated in a year where obviously you know for me personally you know the re- the return of Dizzy Rascal coming back with his fucking heavy grime shit you know uh uh you know Rhapsody going off for Layla's Wisdom uh, you know obviously SZA just fucking going hot off on her stuff I I think Big Crit's album was you know as a double album is one of the best double albums in hip hop history uh Loyal Khan is so good that like, his just brand of hip hop is just so personable um, and obviously, damn's damn, right? You can't compete with those kind of th- kind of things. For me, obviously, you can you can have other albums, obviously, that dropped in twenty seventeen, and uh, have the same thoughts that I've having, uh, obviously, in terms of having these conversations. But um, but yeah, regardless of that, I just feel this album is so underappreciated um, and really deserves much more flowers than it uh, got at the time, and especially the flowers that it gets now. Um, and I don't, I don't know if Joey can actually top this. To be completely honest, I feel like this was a really uh, uh, a whirlwind um, of just like good ideas and uh, obviously what was going on in America that time. Obviously, twenty sixteen, seventeen. Obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, what was going on at that time. I just feel it was a perfect storm. Um, and uh, you know, you can if you want to go through the. Is it better than nineteen ninety nine? You know, in some ways it is. Um, obviously, nineteen ninety nine is more about. You know, just Joe just fucking going off lyrically. I feel like it's just that's just one big bar exam. And if you're about that, you're about that. But as a you know, as a constructed album, uh, you know, built for the mainstream. Let's be real, it's built for the mainstream. It it ticks all the boxes. It really does tick all the boxes for me. So it's interesting. I wonder if that's the reason why he hasn't dropped a full project since 2017. You know, obviously we got the light pack last year, but that wasn't it was three tracks it wasn't massive you know and i think yeah. this project is probably it's a it, well, it's it's my favorite album by him and i think that people are starting to really come around to this album in the last couple of years but um i don't know man just the just the relevance of it and just the way that he did it like it's independent well i mean there's a couple of things about it firstly it's an independent album and it went number 5 and it sold 51k first week which was a massive effort in 2017 as an indie artist yeah. Joey spent 72.4% of his bars dealing with, he overtly deals with socially conscious content. You know, he's talking about racism, systemic oppression, empowerment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these are not numbers typically conducive to commercial success outside of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, you know. So especially someone who is part of the, the boom bap revival or whatever you want to call it with, <laughs> you know, 999 and Badass, like this was a little bit different, you know. This was... Uh, this is a different kind of thing. And he, he said in his own words, this project is very powerful. He said, it's like vegetables. It's good for you. And it's almost my hesitance with it. The fact that it's so good for you because these days kids want candy. And I just don't see any drop off in quality of his rhymes on this project. Mm-hmm. I don't see any dip in quality of the beats. Mm-hmm. And he adds an entirely more potent narrative angle and, it really, I mean, it's not like he didn't rap about this kind of stuff before. He has, don't get me wrong. Of course. But yep. this was this was like targeted, man, and it really showed how comfortable he was in this territory because it's not an easy territory to go into. You know, it's, some artists avoid it completely. Some artists attempt to, and it's clunky. You know, Eminem on Untouchable, you know, is a little bit, you know, sometimes Eminem, early Eminem was great. You know, Mosh and uh, some of the tracks off Encore were great. But it's not an e- and that's from an artist who has been in the game for a long time and is very skilled. It's not an easy thing to do. 
And Joey just nailed it. He nailed it here, man. And I think like I saw a few reviews saying this sound didn't cha- this album didn't change his trademark sound very much, and I have to disagree with that, man. Like one review actually said that it remains wedded to a mid '90s New York head nod template, bro. Anyone listening to Temptation, Land of the Free, they have a real yeah. West Coast sound <laughs> to them. Babylon mm. has this like heavy dub element. For my people is like modern trap. It's like no, 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 no. Like, you, did you listen to the album? And that's the thing. I think that's the problem. You know, people pigeonhole artists, and it was actually Lupe Fiasco's wild because Lupe Fiasco said in an interview that Joey Badass was the next generation of backpack rappers, and he heaped praise on him. I think it was around 1999 time, or might have been Badass the album. And yeah, man, I think. Um, yeah, like, this is a great project. This is a really underrated project. It's always been... It, it was great when it dropped. It's fire when it dropped. It's still fire now. And, yeah, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. I really do feel like it's his best album, and um, I'm glad you picked it. I'm I'm a little bit surprised you picked it. Uh, I didn't know that you listened to it, like, to be honest. I knew that you enjoyed early Joey, but a lot of people, I don't know, they don't speak about this album as much as it should be spoken about. Oh, no. About. I think it's a oh. great... Yeah, no, I, I, I love this project. I love it from day one. Um, I, I was actually generally surprised, honestly, of how much I enjoyed it. Because I remember, I remember listening to it first time and I was just like... And, and this was off the back of like listening to 99. And I, I was surprised... You, I, I, I know you called it Badass. And I always called it Before the Money but because uh, it's, it's before DA Money. I could but, be uh, completely wrong. I'm literally... No, no, I apologise. Both are right. I think both are right. Okay, uh, all right. That's, that's kind wrong, of why it's, I, Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's a good title. But, um, you know, I, I, I was... I, I was just by that because I've, I've... I know people that say both and I was just... Uh, it was interesting where you uh, went for that. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I remember listening to this first time and I was just like really taken by... Especially the first like five tracks. Like, the first half of this album just really... It just really, really hit me. I remember like having for my people, temptation, devastated is such an anthem in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, I just like I said, it's just perfectly balanced for me. Um, it's really everything I like, and also you know a little bit moving forward. You know, what I mean, it's not getting bogged down in you know the boom bappiness. And I feel like Joey really, I feel like he doesn't. He has a real aversion, I feel like, to uh, to, to being pigeonholed. I know a lot of artists feel that way, but I feel like he just has a serious aversion to it. Um, Because I remember when he started his label and he had like some... um, I forgot dude's name, but like uh, he signed a dude up that had like no credit all. And like uh, he shared his music and like everyone was like, man, cut this shit off, like, nobody was enjoying it at all, and Joey had to, like, you know, snap back, he was like, yo, guys, there's other music apart from, you know, uh, uh, the music I make, you know, I mean, you have to respect that kind of thing, and uh, I feel like he does have an aversion to being pigeonholed and being put in a box in that way, Um, and I think that's kind of why he's been focusing on other things, you know what I mean, Uh, the modelling that he's been doing, uh, the, the, obviously he's in a short film, uh, I forgot the name of it, but he's in a short film uh, that's, uh, I think, going for an Oscar run uh, this year. I think I think that's why he's diversifying, because he's just trying to be the creative force that he feels like he ha- can be, um, and just not doing it in just music, which I can respect. Um, but, yeah, man, I feel like this album just uh, really hit the nail, and I don't think people really... 
uh, I think still to this day, I don't think people really respected it in the way I feel like people should. Um, you know, I, 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 I think people like it, but I think people, re- I think there should be a lot more people that should objectively think this is just one of the best albums of the past, honestly, the past decade, to be completely honest. With you, I think it really, it, yeah, like I said, like I keep saying, it, 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 it ticks, it ticks all the boxes. It, it talks about what's going on. Um, but also just has those, it just get, it can get you moving. It can get you motivated and all that kind of stuff. It can do, it can do whatever you, whatever you want it to do. Um, and for me personally, it just, I like it to just make me think and to just have good vibes. And I feel like it ticks both of those boxes for me. So, uh, yeah, man. And obviously good variety. Like the features on here are really good. Schoolboy Q slaps, chronic slaps, um, and stuff like that. And the production's great. I think static selectors on a couple of these as well. Um, so yeah, man, it's just, it's just so balanced. I love it. That's the hard thing. Like just to end on that point, but that's the hard thing Yeah. to make it balanced, to, to, to make a really listenable, you know, exactly. if we go back to that, if we go back to the Eminem untouchable example, the, the content is great. You know, the whole content concept seems like it's on point from my perspective. Anyway, uh, the other people might disagree and I'm open to hearing if, if that's not the case, if he was being disrespectful, I'm not sure, but it sounded okay to me, but just the, execution wasn't great there and a lot of the time it's very hard to make a a very socially conscious album and an album that's you know very passionate and talking about these things and then continue to like keep it true to your sound firstly Mm because joey definitely has a sound Mm -hmm. to make it contemporary to make it commercially viable all these things are very very hard to balance and a lot of artists will shy away from that not because they don't feel that way not because they don't want to put out that kind of music but it's it's difficult you know and it it should be celebrated when it happens you know run the jewels are great at it like that yeah, that's really freaking they're amazing at it they're so yep. hard to do don't come off preachy don't come <laughs> off cynical don't yep. come off cringy you mm-hmm. make great fuck and and at the, this just felt like an extension of joey badass this album it felt like an extension and an, an expansion and I think that's why he hasn't put out another album. I don't know. And I know he's gone through some stuff personally. But um, it's a hard one to, to follow up because this is a great fucking project. And it was actually in my top 15 uh, albums of the 2010s when I did that whole thing on hip-hop numbers uh, nice. all those years ago. So, yeah, yeah it was it's cool, man. It's cool. I, I love the album. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, just to give a, you know, a, a another comparison, and I feel like it's the comparison for most albums, is this nature to be a butterfly like it some people yeah. criticize that for being not un, uh, you know not replayable or just like you know not well, fully know. listenable That's like some people to, some people yeah. say that um but i don't know the, for, but for themes. for this cri- and just to say i don't agree with that but let's just say like that point um this is not that this is completely i feel like this is completely fully listenable and uh and still has that and still has that socially conscious elements to it so uh you know of all the potential discredit that you can give to something like Tempo Butterfly, that's like super dense and all that kind of stuff, um, you can't, you can't do that for this. <laughs> you can't do that for this. It's like it's like a it's like eating a, a fluffy, uh, uh, it's like eating a, a nice Victoria sponge cake. It's just uh, super smooth, super fluffy. I like it. And with nice cream in the middle. What am I talking about? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this being. <laughs> I want some Victoria sponge cake, apparently. Four years lit. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's the contemporary call. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, we're obviously going to 
you know, do it now and again. Same same as we do the the obviously the bites and stuff like that. Uh, we got some great shit in the next few weeks. Uh, I really want to hype up the stuff we we're doing for the next few weeks. Uh, obviously, Women's History Month in March. Going to be doing some women as well. That'd be great. And uh, next week we got some. We got we got we got a heater. We got a heater. I'm gonna keep it on the reps. We got a heater. I'm gonna keep it on the reps. It's we, actually we got, fucking yeah. cool. I talked to uh, a couple nuts. of accounts during the week because I don't. Th- I think this this stuff has to be out there as well, yep. not just in our podcast. So I'm gonna try and get it out to some people and get them to post it because it is. Yep. It's pretty cool, man. It's it's actually really freaking cool data set, and it's going to be fascinating conversation. Like really fucking fascinating. It's going to be hard to navigate. Uh, I yep. think it'll be hard to navigate one, but um, yeah, it's going to be great, man. I'm I'm super keen for it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's your that's your, that's your little taste, ladies and gentlemen. That's your little taste Um, God, do we have time for light and I? I don't think we do. <laughs> do you have anything quick? Uh, nothing quick. <laughs> but yeah. Nothing quick, but uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been an okay week. Um, I, I I'm there's a lot of things like I keep I keep saying this in the past few weeks, but I, I say this on Moscow as well. But I feel like it's just like a lot of calm right now. You know what I mean? And uh, not just obviously in the world it's never calm, but like I feel like for me personally it's just like there's a lot of things that's just bubbling, and I'm just waiting for something to just like whack me in the face, <laughs> uh, either negatively or positively. But I just need something to happen because just like there's a lot of things just like sitting there waiting on me. As soon as I, it's like, it's like a, did you ever play that game like as a kid where like, uh, uh, I think we, we called it what's the time, Mr. Wolf. It's like when you, uh, it's, uh, it's when you oh, have one yeah. person standing at a wall and they're staring at the wall and, uh, you know, people behind you are like trying to creep up on you. And every time you turn around, they have to stop. And if they yeah. are still moving, then they have to go back. Uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's that. Like I'm staring at the wall, and every time I look, like nothing's moving. So, so I'm just waiting for someone to just tap me on the shoulder. Oh gosh, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. We should switch, man. We should switch. I've had a horrendous fucking week. I've had a horrendous December twenty fourth was when it all started, and it's been horrendous since then. So fuck, yeah. man. Anytime you wanna you wanna switch it up, hola. Happily give you some stuff that have bubbled over and, and are currently scolding me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to offload some of that, you know. Yeah, well, another game is don't touch the lava, and I feel like there's a lot of lava over there, so I'm just gonna yeah, don't just, just yeah, gonna keep, keep it moving. Hands away from it. Most of the people I date feel that way too, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing like self-deprecation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, follow the fifth podcast network. This has been digging digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Charlie Taylor of the fifth element. I've been Ben Carter of digging in the digits. Yeah, 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 that's good, that's good, it's alright. Uh, yeah, have bad. a great week. <laughs> we shall always try and do the same, but until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is Peace Video Games by Bonus Points. Thanks to Chirp Records for the ability to use. Socials for the Fifth Element, Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, and Chirp Records will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a Fifth Element Podcast Network production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. We'll dig in in the digits.